text for this morning's sermon is Luke 2, the verses 25 to 35. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, today we may celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. Celebrate, because this is the good news of salvation, that our Savior was willing to come down to this earth and dwell among sinful people, that he voluntarily laid down his power and glory to be born in poverty, we could read the Christmas story this morning. We rejoice in God's grace towards us in sending his Son as our Redeemer. In Jesus Christ our Lord, we are exceedingly rich. Luke reveals our riches in Christ in a most beautiful way. In Luke 1 and 2, we have a series of songs in which praise is sung to God for the wonders of his grace. First, there is a song of Elizabeth. It's a song of love in which he calls Mary blessed because she's allowed to be the mother of our Lord. Then there is a song of Mary. It's a song of faith in which he magnifies the Lord and rejoices in God, her Savior. Mary views him as Israel's helper in time of need. Then we come to the prophecy of Zechariah. It's a song of hope. He blesses the Lord God of Israel for visiting and redeeming his people. Zechariah speaks about the coming Messiah. He calls him the horn of salvation, the day spring from on high. After this, the Christmas message is brought in clear, direct language by the angels to the shepherds of Bethlehem. The angel of the Lord brings good news of great joy, telling them a Savior had been born, who is Christ the Lord. And in response, a host of angels appeared, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men. 
among those with whom he is well pleased. Our text this morning concerns the final song of praise and adoration sung to the newborn baby, the Lord Jesus. The song of Simeon is a song of joyous recognition of God's faithfulness in sending the promised Messiah. In his song, Simeon goes further than the others who sang praises to God. Simeon blesses God for making known his salvation for all peoples. He sees Christ as the Savior of the world, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of the people of Israel. Together, let's rejoice in the gospel message of Christ our Savior. I preach to you God's word under the following theme. Through Simeon, the Lord reveals how the child Jesus had come to bring salvation to all people. We'll consider Simeon's eager expectation of the Messiah, his wondrous revelation of Christ's salvation, and his further clarification of Christ's impact. Children, if I were to ask you, what's the best thing about Christmas, what would you say? Would it be that you received presents? Or that you're having family or friends over to celebrate with them? What is it that you like the most about the Christmas season? Is it having holidays from school? Or driving around town to see the Christmas lights? What is Christmas really all about? We know that Christmas is about the birth of the Lord Jesus in Bethlehem. But even that message doesn't always come across in the right way. Many people like to think about the sweet baby Jesus, and they romanticize his birth. In school plays, people act out in the nativity scene with a doll lying in a manger and some shepherds coming to visit Joseph and Mary in the stable. You see some of these sorts of displays in front of churches around town. People like to think about how cute the birth of our Lord was. The good news of salvation is much deeper than that. As a thorough historian, Luke gives us a much richer gospel message. He makes clear not only that the child Jesus was born according to God's promises, but also why he needed to be born. Christmas is not about the sweet baby Jesus lying in a manger. It's about how God sent his dearly loved son into the world to save us from our sins. We need to understand that, to share in the joy of Christmas. God's revelation to and through Simeon helps us to appreciate why Jesus came into this world. We don't know a lot about Simeon, but his occupation, age, or personal circumstances. We know that he lived in Jerusalem and that he was a righteous and a devout man. Luke pictures him as someone who is serious about his faith, who is sincere in his service of God and the neighbor. It does not appear that Simeon was involved in the temple service. He would not have been considered an important man in Israel. Yet the Lord makes known wondrous things about our Savior 
through this man. Simeon was part of a small remnant in Israel that still served the Lord in sincerity and truth. Luke gives us a picture of these people. They're not the mighty in the land, those to whom the people looked up with respect. Think of Mary and Joseph, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and the prophetess Anna. They're the common people of the land. And yet they are the people whom Luke describes as being just or righteous, people devout in their faith. It's to such people that the Lord revealed his mighty plan of salvation. Luke tells us a few more remarkable things about Simeon. He says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. We tend to just quickly read over that. But please consider that this was still the time before Pentecost, before the general outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church. Yet here we have a man filled with the Holy Spirit, a man to whom the Holy Spirit had made it clear he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ. Luke further reveals that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Conditions in Israel were bad, very bad in the days of Simeon. And so he was looking forward with eager expectation to the coming of the Messiah. He was looking for the promised Redeemer to deliver God's people from their distress. We ask the question, what were conditions in Israel like to make him eagerly await the coming of the Christ? Well, things were not going well in Israel. The kingship of David had fallen by the wayside. Israel was being governed by foreign rulers, by the Romans. They had lost their political independence. Despite the fighting of the Maccabees, God's people were subject to the rule of a foreign king. We know that in the time leading to Christ's birth, Caesar Augustus issued a decree to have everyone enrolled in the city of their birth. The purpose of this decree was to give the Roman government the opportunity to tax the people. When Christ was born, the cruel King Herod served as governor of Judea. For the Israelites, being ruled by foreigners was a bitter pill to swallow. Hadn't God promised that a son in David's line would sit on the throne forever? God's people longed earnestly for the coming of the Messiah, to serve as their Lord and King. Yet for the faithful in Israel, their longing for the Messiah went even deeper than this. They longed for contact with the Lord their God. For many years, the Lord had not spoken to his people. Israel had not received any prophets from the Lord since shortly after its return from exile. For some 400 years, God's people had dwelt in darkness the righteous and the devout in the land, eagerly awaited the promised Messiah. His coming would show them God still cared for his people. Their longing was deepened by the spiritual poverty in which they lived. The priesthood was generally corrupt. 
The high priests were some of the leading landowners in Jerusalem. They no longer provided the people with real spiritual leadership. Under the rule of the scribes and Pharisees, there was an externalization of religion. The hearts of God's people were no longer touched. The Jewish leaders were very legalistic in their, in their approach. They had over 500 laws that they imposed on the people, in addition to the precepts of the law of Moses. And so the people were burdened with this long list of do's and don'ts. But the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith were neglected. God's people had lived in darkness for centuries. They lived in a time when the prophets were silent, the priesthood was corrupt, and the kingship defunct. They were like, shepherd, like sheep without a shepherd. Is there any wonder that the righteous in Israel longed for the coming of the Messiah? In a time of spiritual darkness, the hearts of the devout turned to God. They seek the fulfillment of His gracious promises. They look to Him to provide light. And so also Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That word consolation used in our text means comfort or encouragement. The hope Simeon had for consolation comes from passages like Isaiah 40, 1 and 2. There Isaiah prophesied saying, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. In the time after Isaiah, the people had experienced judgment and exile with all its guilt and fear and loneliness and death. Isaiah had proclaimed healing and restoration from the losses and miseries of the life they suffered. Although Isaiah's prophecies had found an initial and partial fulfillment in the return from exile and the restoration of the people to the land, they were not yet complete. And so Simeon was seeking the comforter to provide relief for God's people. He was looking for the Messiah, Israel's hope and expectation. He longed for the one who would redeem God's chosen ones and restore them to fellowship with God again. How about us today, beloved? Where are our hearts directed during this Christmas season? Are they directed to Christ or to all the trappings of the season? Presents, lights, holidays, and celebrations. Do we long for the redemption our Savior has worked on our behalf? Do we seek direction from His Word and Spirit in our lives? Are we eagerly awaiting His return on the clouds of heaven? Are our hearts truly prepared to receive Christ as He really is? Are they filled with a longing for the consolation and redemption that can only come from the Christ? In our first point, we've seen Simeon's eager expectation of the Messiah. In our second point, we'll consider the wondrous revelation of Christ's salvation. Our text makes it clear that God had revealed to Simeon he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. 
Being filled with the Spirit, he was led into the temple at the time when Joseph and Mary came to present Jesus to the Lord. And so Simeon took Jesus up in his arms, and he offers this song of praise to God. The Holy Spirit made it clear to Simeon that this very child was the Messiah, the one for whom he had been waiting. The Holy Spirit also inspired him to offer a song of praise to God. Simeon blesses God and says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. God has kept his promise and allowed Simeon to see the Christ. So Simeon speaks of how the Lord is now letting him depart. He is releasing or dismissing him. What Simeon is saying is that his task of being a watchman, waiting for the consolation of Israel, has come to an end. With the coming of the Christ, Simeon can offer his words of blessing and then be discharged of his task. Our text makes it clear that God wanted Simeon to serve in a prophetic function, to speak to Joseph and Mary about who Jesus was and what he had come to earth to do. When his task was complete, he could die in peace. The fact that Simeon could confidently bless God for allowing him to depart in peace says much about who the child Jesus was. Our text makes it clear that God had revealed to Simeon he would not die until he had seen the Christ. And now he's prepared to die. Why? It's because his heart is at peace. You know where that peace came from? from seeing the child Jesus, whom Simeon knew to be the Messiah, the Christ. We see the rest of Simeon's song that his peace came from seeing the salvation God would work through the baby Jesus. Simeon says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. In these words, we see how Simeon makes known Christ's salvation work. He equates seeing the baby Jesus with seeing God's salvation. It is a salvation that God has prepared before the face of all people. It's not just limited to the Jews, but it extends to the Gentiles also. Simeon makes clear that God's salvation work is universal in its scope that Jesus has come as the Savior of the world. Simeon equates the arrival of Jesus with the coming of a new era of divine consolation. The prophetic words he speaks shows shows that Christ has come in fulfillment of the prophecies of Isaiah. Jesus Christ is truly the consolation of his people. He is the consolation of God as we look back on all sin and hate, and anger, and guilt, and shame, and doubt, and failure. Jesus is the fulfillment of Isaiah 49, 13. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people, and he will have compassion on his afflicted. Beloved, it's important for us to set our hearts on Christ this morning. If there's any deep longing in your heart for consolation or comfort, 
You'll only find it in Jesus Christ. The world cannot satisfy the deep longings of the human heart. Only Christ, the consolation of Israel, can do that. We need to recognize this. We need to recognize that it's the that the cause of our eternal hunger and misery is sin. And that our hearts are never going to be satisfied with anything the world has to offer. There's only one who can feed our hungry and thirsty souls, our Lord Jesus Christ. Simeon speaks about his wondrous salvation work. He speaks of Christ being a light to the Gentiles. I spoke earlier about the darkness Israel was living in at the time of Christ's birth. Yet they still had God's word. They still knew the living God of heaven and earth. The darkness of the Gentile nations around Israel was so much greater. For them, salvation is light. It involves coming to a true knowledge of God, experiencing His grace and love, and then being filled with joy as never before. In Isaiah 42, 6 and 7, the Lord promised to send the Messiah as a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. Here we see what the good news of the gospel is all about. It's about, God's re about God redeeming people stuck in their sins and misery. Ransoming, ransoming us by the blood of his Son. Just imagine the life of a blind person, the despair of a prisoner held in solitary confinement. God compares his salvation work with giving a blind man his sight, with releasing prisoners and setting them free. Simeon's not yet finished speaking about God's awesome work of redemption. For Israel, salvation is glory. Never forget that it was to Israel that God revealed his glory. The glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud during Israel's wilderness sojourn. It was like a consuming fire on the top of Mount Sinai in the eyes of the Israelites. It was the glory of the Lord that filled the tabernacle and later the temple. It was a sign of the Lord's presence among his people, of his care for them. God blessed Israel above all the nations. He chose the Jewish people for the purpose of spreading the knowledge of God among the surrounding nations. He selected Israel to bring forth the Christ. Christ is the light of the world. And that, above all else, is Israel's glory. It's because of him that the Gentiles would come to Israel's light. Just witness the wise men from the east coming to see the great king born in Bethlehem. Think about all the people of the surrounding nations being gathered together and receiving the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Indeed, beloved, Christ has come as the light of the world. He has come as the glory of his people Israel. Let us too celebrate the coming of the Messiah.
He's so much more than a sweet baby lying in a manger. He's our Savior, the one through whom God has delivered us from our sins and misery, through whom we've been set free from the power of Satan and death. He is our chief prophet who revealed to us the way of redemption, our high priest who has paid for our sins with his blood, and our eternal king who governs us by his word and spirit and keeps us safe in his gracious care. All God's promises find their fulfillment in him. Brings us to our final point, and we'll consider Simeon's further clarification of Christ's impact. After singing a song of praise about God's salvation work in Christ, Simeon speaks to Joseph and Mary about the impact Christ will have on many in Israel. Our text notes that Joseph and Mary marveled at all the things that were said about Jesus. Simeon blessed them, and then he said to Mary, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. What does it mean when Simeon tells Mary that this child would pierce her soul? With these words, Simeon offers the first hint of the great suffering Jesus would endure to bring salvation. Despite Mary's intense joy over the birth of her firstborn son, the day would come when she would suffer a deep grief that would pierce her inmost being. God used this prophecy to prepare Mary for the crucifixion so that in the end she would believe and be saved. When she found herself at the foot of the cross, she knew that this prophecy had come true. The piercing sword was the death of her beloved son. Simeon also speaks more broadly about how Jesus would become the great divider. God had destined him to be the cause of the rise and the fall of many in Israel. It's through his coming that the heart, that the thoughts of many hearts would be revealed. This message doesn't seem to fit with the normal Christmas message, with the idea that Christ is the Prince of Peace, that he's come to brought peace and goodwill to all men. What does Simeon mean when he speaks these words to Mary? Well, beloved, Christ is indeed the Prince of Peace. He's come to provide salvation for sinners, to restore those who are dead to life again. He came to provide comfort, peace, joy, and hope for all those who believe in him. Yet Jesus' blessings are not bestowed on everyone. The reason why Simeon could depart in peace was because he believed God's message that this child was the Messiah. For anyone to partake in the blessings of salvation requires faith in our only Savior. Jesus' coming and work would cause great division in the land. Division between those who believed he was the Messiah sent from God and those who said that nothing good could come out of Nazareth. 
In Luke 12, 51, Jesus asked his disciples, saying, Do you think that I came to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Christ went on to speak about how he would divide households, three against two and two against three, and turn family members against one another. Indeed, Christ was a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to many proud and self-righteous Jews. It also caused those who were weary and hungered for true peace to seek their salvation in him alone. And now, beloved, the question is, what do you think of the Christ? Is he just a sweet little baby born on Christmas Day so many years ago? Or is he the rock of your salvation, the source of your comfort and your hope? Are you for Christ or are you against him? Do you love him or do you neglect him? Let us rejoice in the joyous message of the gospel that Jesus came to save us from our sins and reconcile us to God. Let us seek our life, our joy, our comfort and hope in the Savior Jesus Christ, then like Simeon, we will be ready to depart in peace. We will be prepared for the second coming of our Lord on the clouds of heaven. Amen.